0: listening to Quality Time, a podcast designed to support Nebraskan providers through their journey with Step Up to Quality. I am your host Colleen Schmidt. Get ready to listen as we prepare to elevate each other as we step up to quality. Welcome back everyone. Today I am speaking with Charity Wright. Charity has graciously agreed to do this podcast. She is a teacher at Cathedral Daycare in Grand Island. And Charity, I'm just thrilled to be able to chat with you and have a teacher's perspective on our show today. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about what you do and maybe even a little bit about your path in the field and what you have done and what you do currently?
1: I am a preschool teacher. I have been doing preschool off and on for about 20 years. Um, my class is made up mostly of three and four year olds. Um, so, as anybody who works with preschool age kids knows, I'm the mom. I'm a doctor. I'm all those good, good things. Um, my path in the field: out of college, I started out. I taught a year at Head Start. Um, young and dumb. I thought, you know what, let's go be a nanny. So I moved to Denver to become a nanny. And that kind of went south. I heard all these exciting stories about that. And I thought, well, you know, let's see. So I tried all kinds of other things. I was a security guard. I was a bank teller. Um, Then I met my now husband and decided, you know what, I don't want to raise a family in Denver. Let's go back home to Nebraska. So I did. I um, was excited to start at Head Start was there almost five years before I found what I feel like is my forever home at Cathedral and 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 doing those other jobs, though they were fun and gave me a different look on life. I truly know uh, kids, preschoolers, in fact, are where my heart, where my heart is. I love that you just said that you found your
0: forever home there. Isn't that the best? It is. And feeling like you found your your people and your community and knowing that you like those little ones, the preschoolers. I call it my home away from home. Oh, that's so sweet. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast today feel the same as you do. It's such a big part of who we are as educators. Teaching is a job of the heart. So it really is about... You know, I love how also you mentioned that you're a nurse, you're a mama, you're a teacher. Like we wear all of these different hats and it's just it's such a lovely job. So I love being able to chat with teachers. Teachers are my favorite people in the whole world. They really are. And it doing the most important work of the world with supporting our babies, our children and our families. That's a part of what you do too. So can you share with our listeners, what's your favorite part about being a teacher? What's the best part? What do you love most?
1: Um, That the kids forgive you. So if, if something goes, uh, you know, astray or you have to stop something because your day, you know, they forgive you and they love you unconditionally. Mm.
0: I love that. And then being able to reciprocate that, you know, like as that teacher, being able to give that genuine love to those in our care, even though some days are hard. (laughs) And forgiving yourself sometimes, too, and say, man, maybe I didn't have the best interaction with her today, but I'm going to really try tomorrow to be My best version of myself so I can give her the care she needs or the care he needs but I agree with you just the love part of the job is a huge perk you get to go to work and love
1: people and be loved in return like
0: what's better than that
1: Right. They tell me they love me more than my family does. I know. It's like you walk into
0: the classroom and you're a celebrity or if you have those older kiddos that you might see in other classrooms or school agers and they see you, I'm sure they're just like Miss Charity, Miss Charity, Miss Charity. Or at the store. At the store. Is that what you said? (laughs) Yeah, that's always a shock when you see teacher not in teachers (laughs) typical (laughs) typical environment. Well, I love that you shared the love fest as one of the favorite things about being a teacher. I agree with you. That is, that's a big perk. Let's talk about some of the challenges that early childhood teachers might experience. What do you see as maybe one of the harder aspects or more challenging aspects about your job that maybe you wish it would, could be a little bit different or a place that you feel like, ah, oh, I need to grow here. What's hard about being a teacher?
1: The challenging behaviors. Yeah. Especially when you um, can't get the family on board mm-hmm. because we all know that working with the families is the best way. But if the family doesn't see that there's a problem or doesn't want to listen or, or doesn't understand because we've, we've dealt with in the past where children will have a problem at school, but they don't have a problem at home. Mm -hmm. And so I remind them, I, I understand why, why there's not a problem at home. You're not taking their toys. You're not interrupting this. You're not where here there's 10, 12 other kids in the classroom who they, they have to share that toy with, or there's, you know, or want the attention or whatever. So, so, there isn't always a problem at home where we see it at school, and it's trying to get them on board to mm-hmm. help. So one thing I've I've learned is to always make it that I'm the one with the problem. Asking them for suggestions usually gets them on board better. Um, and then just saying, you know, I want them to be successful. So can you share with me what you do at home for this? I want to make sure I'm using the same verbiage or this is what I use. Would you be able to use it at home so that it's consistent for them across the board?
0: Boy, that's a really good way to do it, Charity. And we talked about just a second ago how your job is you're serving the kids, but you're also serving and interacting a lot with the families. So what you're saying about asking them for advice, because truly... They are their baby's first teacher and they are experts on their own children. They really are. And we don't know anyone's story, even though we might assume things about families or all of these kind of ideas that we put in our head about what might or might not be going on at home. But building those relationships with your families to better meet the needs of the kids is just a smart smart strategy (laughs) to share and you know when I was teaching and I would have those challenging behaviors in my classroom I agree with you that was a really hard part of my job and I didn't feel like as a newer teacher that I had a lot of tools in my tool belt on what to do I felt very unequipped on how to handle I still do a little bit on how to handle those behaviors that show up that are a little bit Um, defiant or even aggressive, or I didn't know what to do. And what I found was helpful for me was reaching out to coworkers who Mm -hmm. maybe had other experiences. So before we even started this podcast, uh, Charity and I were chatting and we were talking about, you know, she loves where she works and she really is a support for peers like you help your coworkers and your coworker, coworkers help you as well. So do you find that when you have challenges like challenging behavior in your classroom, are you going to coworkers for ideas and strategies too? You, you shared, you go to parents. Are you all working together too? I'm assuming yes, but tell us about that.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate to work with some very veteran teachers as well. And so um, even though some of them have, got left the center, you know, or the profession itself. Um, we still kind of communicate. I am also participating in, um, rooted relationships. So my co-teacher, um, directly has a coach. And so, um, our, our room is kind of unique where we have a partition wall, but, um, we, some rules are made to be broken and we refuse to leave the whole wall up. So we have just a little tiny doorway between our rooms where we can still incorporate parts of our days together yet mm-hmm. separate those challenging behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I also, we're working with her coach, um, a new kiddo that's moving up into my room. We are, um, working on some strategies of stuff with that. So it's just kind of leaning on all of those supports. Yeah. Um, documenting stuff, trying to, you know, look and and see where we can find missing pieces that might give us more information and, you know, just kind of being that team, that support team together.
0: Yeah, I love that. And there are supports available. So with that being said, your program is a part of Step Up to Quality. So being a staff member or a teacher in that program can, also be a source of support like you have somewhere to go to find support so can you maybe share with our listeners what you feel like you have experienced as a teacher at a site that is involved in step up to quality maybe how has it impacted
1: your kiddos that you serve and what have you noticed? Um. So it's been a great experience having a step up to quality coach in our center. Um, I've been doing this long enough that she really didn't come much into my room but she has been a great support to the other staff. I've seen changes in the children. Um, When the staff are supported and know better how to run their rooms, following routine, having structure, um, you know, they start meeting those basic skills that the children need. So I don't have to focus so much on teaching them. Okay, so we're gonna hold the railing. This is how we use the stairs, you know, all those basic things. By the time they get to my room, it's Mm -hmm. easier for me to kind of dig into that meat and potatoes stuff with them working on deeper um, social and emotional skills to, you know, make sure we're meeting those needs for them. Beautifully
0: stated. I love how you talked about, you know, it really, <laughs> it's a team effort, especially when you're working in a center that's serving um, multiple ages of kiddos that are going to, you know, start in the toddler or if you have infants in the infant room and then move up. And you can notice a difference for those teachers who have been coached and who have support and feel like kind of like what I mentioned when I was a newer teacher feeling a little bit unsure on what to do with multiple things, (laughs) not just challenging behaviors, but with setting up my expectations in my classroom or even arranging the Materials in my classroom, or just things like that. And I feel something that was lacking in my little journey with that was a coach. I didn't have that. I didn't really, I would just, I was in the elementary world, it was different then. Um, So you really would have to rely on your peers or co teachers to help support you. But I love that you mentioned you're noticing something in the kiddos that when they come to you, you can work on meat and potatoes. And I love how you said that social emotional learning is part of the meat and potatoes. Right. Yeah, it's not just that academic rigor kind of thing that we sometimes assume, like that is meat and potatoes. That's, I'm with you, like that is part of it. So I love that. Let's, okay, let's talk about teacher self care. This is something I love to chat about. We've had another podcast already that we have recorded on teacher self care. It was it was a goodie, um, but I like talking to teachers about this because I think we sometimes don't think of how to put ourselves on the list to make sure that we can care for others and do our best job that we can do. So first of all, just know that if you don't have self-care, I'm not going to judge you in any sort of way, but what do you do? How do you take care of yourself? What, what charges
1: you? So being honest, I have really failed at this a lot. Um, partially because I didn't realize how important it was. And secondly, you know, life gets busy. Yeah. And, Obviously, I'm in this profession giving to others, so I just kind of continue to give to others. That being said, this last spring, I had the most amazing experience. I took the Chime class, and it is hands down the best class I have ever taken for myself. I highly, highly recommend anyone in this profession taking this class. It is- Tell me about it. I don't know anything about it. Oh, so I'm not even going to pretend that I can remember. It's um, cultivating healthy. Um, yep. Yeah, see, and that's all I can remember. It's about really digging in and being a better you to be a better you for everyone else. So yes, it, it's really on um, self-love um, or forgiving yourself, understanding you're human. Um, it was an eight week class. Um, I ended up getting, I believe, cause you do different little. So we like made a, um, glitter shaker bottle. We did different activities with the kids. So all said and done, I got like 16 free continuing ed credits for this class Whoa. and it was free. I mean, it was truly, I, I gotta be honest. I cried when the class was over. Aww. That is how much, I mean, I sat right here in my little corner of, of my world and was involved and engaged. I think there started out to be 11 of us and we finished with 10 of us, um, really got into these people's, you know, met these people was, was able to relate. Um, we did say how we thought we should continue on like every month or something, every couple months to meet back, um, have that healthy, engaging relationship with other people, but I learned a lot of um, in, in that self-care, the mindfulness and you know, taking taking a breath. We all know I mean, we're just human by nature. We we have feelings, too. Obviously, as adults, we've learned to control them better than children, though sometimes it sometimes is. Like a, but sometimes it's fun to over exaggerate that with the children to really grab their attention. Um, and so, yeah, I do find myself having to stop and having to breathe to make sure that I am I I'm human. I failed with it, but really trying to get in, um, not get roped into being a two and three year old in that moment with the children and stopping to be the adult um, and being mindful. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to have some books, some mindful books, yoga books, different breathing books and stuff purchased for my classroom. Um, and we, during that class, we kept a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And, um so, and we had to pick a focus or a pick a um, a grounding word. So um, mine was focused because I know if I don't focus, I sometimes miss out. And I was during this class preparing to have two kids graduate from high school, um, one who was a bonus daughter. So I didn't always like somebody who has twins didn't we didn't have her forever. We only had her since New Year's Eve. And um, so I was preparing that and getting ready to get married in June. And that focus was the word I picked. Um, helped bring me back to focusing in my classroom, focusing during my one-year Bible. I mean, because we all know you get into something, life's crazy and you start to wander. So to me, that's not a negative word. And I have used it to bring myself back to making sure that I focus on my needs as well. And um having two weeks of practice for a gratitude journal. Um, I use that as an amazing experience to continue on, still do it to this day and actually bought gratitude journals for the, the women who helped in my wedding to get them a piece of, you know, this world is crazy and there's so much negativity out there. Let's take a couple minutes and focus on the good.
0: Wow. Great strategies for self-care. Don't tell me you don't do self-care. Gratitude Journal is self-care. <laughs>
1: well, it is. now. I failed before. I have, really, I've really tried to step up that and make sure that because I don't want to focus. I mean, we all have bad days. And so at the end of my day, is literally the last thing that I do. I pull it out. I lay it on my pillow and I write four to five things about my day. And I'm, I'm honest, sometimes one of those things is just that I have heated seats in my car. <laughs> They're not always big and fancy. No, I
0: I will tell you what I just I had done gratitude journals years ago. And then I stopped for I just stopped. I don't know why I just did. And I just this month started back up. And I know I'm on day 27 and it feels really good. And sometimes I'm just like you, my things that I'm thankful for are real silly, like having coffee at home, you know, it's like the small little moments, but it does ground you back into thinking about what matters and how much we have. And I right. love your examples of self-care charity. Those are goodies. Those Thank are Those are good. Let's talk about, uh, we like to end every podcast talking about our why. Your job is, we talked about the joy and the love in it, but your job is also, also physically, mentally and emotionally really, really challenging sometimes. So what's your why? Why do you keep doing what you do? You've been doing this type of work for a long time. Why do you keep showing up?
1: Because of the kids. I mean, it's their aha moments. And and I'm sure everybody can say that they've experienced a kid who comes to school to be loved, not to learn. And I had that aha moment with the kid about mm, four years ago and the dynamics of everything i mean we had challenging behaviors we had all of that and when i had that aha moment that he came to school to be loved not to learn everything changed and 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 i've always said when i grow up i want to be a professional preschooler because this is it is truly it's truly the gift that god has given me to work with them because i'm telling you my my kids at home they're um, 11 14 13 it's that's not where it's at man i will take 100 preschoolers every day over my teenagers so god bless middle school and high school teachers because there's i wouldn't last a day i so
0: agree with you i work as a substitute i did seventh grade once i was like nope I do not care for that age group. I also have teens at home who I like to say are kind of like articulate toddlers, and I don't fight with toddlers. I'm not fighting with <laughs> the teenagers either. Uh, Charity, that is such a good why, and it is about the kids, and I agree with you, that, and I'm sure... <laughs> our listeners listening to this podcast agree too that the little kids that's where it's at and being able to love on those babies support them i love how you shared your aha moment that was almost like a shift in how you teach those are those are great this was such a fun podcast to chat with you let's do it again it wasn't so scary right we could do it again yeah. So thank you everyone for spending quality time with us. Please join us again as we chat about future topics to support our Nebraskan providers on their journeys with Step Up to Quality. Until next time, bye-bye.